congregation has turned to the Heidelberg Catechism this morning. Lord's Day 26, on page 55, question 69 through 71. <clears throat> Lord's Day 26. How art thou admonished and assured by holy baptism that the one sacrifice of Christ upon the cross is of real advantage to thee. Answer thus, that Christ appointed his external washing of water, adding thereto this promise, that I am certainly, assuredly washed by his blood and spirit from all the pollution of my soul, that is, from all my sins, as I am washed externally with water, by which the filthiness of the body is commonly washed away. 70. What is it to be washed with the blood and spirit of Christ? It is to receive of God the remission of sins freely for the sake of Christ's blood, which is shed for us by his sacrifice upon the cross, and also to be renewed by the Holy Ghost and sanctified to be members of Christ, that so we may more and more die unto sin and lead holy and unblameable lives. 71. Where has Christ promised us that he will assuredly wash us by his blood and spirit as we are washed with the water of baptism and in the institution of baptism, which is thus expressed. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. This promise is also repeated by the scripture calls baptism, the washing of regeneration, and the washing away of sins. So far. The theme for this morning is the washing of baptism. The washing of baptism. Three thoughts. A certain washing. Secondly, a thorough washing. And in the third place, a scriptural washing. The washing of baptism, first a certain washing. We see the certain answer 69. 
that I am as certainly was, as certainly was as. So there's a certain washing. Certainly a thorough washing in answer 70 that Christ does not give remission of sins, but also renews by the Holy Ghost. And in the third place, a scriptural washing. As 71 is asking, as Christ promised us, that he will assuredly wash us by his blood and spirit as he washed with the water of baptism. So it's based on the scriptures. Congregation, there is no doubt in believing. The child Lord believes it is real faith there. There is no doubt in there at all. When believing is active and true, it is certain of God's creation and certain of my sin and certain of eternity and certain of the wrath of God and certain of the forgiveness of sins. In believing is no doubt. But in the believer is. God's children are believers. And there are also doubts in their hearts. Sometimes it's also said about the disciples. Some doubted, right? So why is that? That God's people still with doubt. Why? What's the matter with them? Why don't they just believe and are always certain of God and Christ and forgiveness and go to heaven? Why those doubts? Well, I can think of at least six reasons why God's people are still struggling with doubts. Six situations. In the first place, I think of afflictions, diseases, death, huge problems in the life. So that they begin to say, have I washed my hands in innocency? What's wrong? All those things turned against me. Is the Lord doing this? Have I done something wrong? Am I not converted? Does God not care? So sometimes God's people are doubting, doubting the providence and the care and the love of God, seeing what they have to go through. See? God says also can take the affliction really hard. The second place, there can be doubts after falling into gross sins. Like David. His moisture turned into the drought of summer. The hand of God was heavy on him. So he had doubts and questions. No wonder. 
He's asking for a reason. Lord, don't take the Holy Spirit from me. Sometimes it is not per se one goes sin. Sometimes it's all set of sin. This is a, a lifestyle of taking things not so seriously and falling to sin in the sense of addictions. Still think that is possessing them. The soul, there's so much occupied, occupied by, 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 by. And they seem to be addicted to certain sins. And the addiction is strong. They cannot escape and they, they fall back and fall back to certain sins. And the Lord is withdraw himself. Sometimes it is that they are lacking prayer and do not read the Bible so faithfully and that they are leaving their first love and the Holy Spirit is grieved and withdrawn. Sometimes it is that the Lord is training his people. Training his people in a sense that he withdraws the feelings of faith so that they would fight, they would fight in faith and not by feelings only. The Lord also would like to have his sisters closer to him. Sometimes God's people have lack of understanding. Don't understand the gospel. I just off. Oh, they are foolish, like the Galatians, or oh, foolish Galatians who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth, crucified among you. Are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? See? So the Apostle Paul is warning the Galatians that they are falling back to all patterns, that some has bewitched them, and that they have no clear insight into what saving faith is. Sometimes God's people set also conditions. And they say, I don't have this. I don't have that. I should have more, have more of this. And then they just tell the Lord if they're converted or not. In foolishness. No wonder the region Psalm 32. When I kept silence, my bones waxed all through my roaring all the day. For day and night, thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture turned into the drought of the summer. God's people doubting. No, there's no doubt in believing. There's doubt in the believer. And for that reason, 
the Lord has given the sacraments to help them to overcome those dogs, to help them to go the right path, that they would not be so downhearted. That's the reason. Because that unbelief is dishonoring God. Unbelief is not a good sign for others either. It does not appeal. It is not something you can be you can be jealous of. It is not the joy of God's people. So the Lord has given means for His people to overcome all of the doubts that is steadier course. More assurance. How are thou admonished? Admonished and assured by holy baptism that the one sacrifice of Christ upon the cross is of real advantage to thee. Now, you see a few times in this question the words. Thou, right? Thou. Thou and thee. It is not because we respect you and say thou. This is old language, right? But this is very personal. We could safely say you. So, how are you? Admonished, how are you assured by holy baptism? The one sacrifice of Christ from the cross is a free advantage to you. You say, Wait a moment, are you talking about me? I'm unconverted, I don't belong to God's people. How can you say? How are you admonished? Because how can I? I'm unconverted. Well, I appreciate your honesty, but you have no right. You have no right. It's illegal to be unconverted. You shouldn't. See? And you, you, you feel that here. You feel that there is pressure. You feel there is something wrong if you are not a true believer. So how are you admonished? Are you ever admonished? Admonished? What is admonished? Admonished is to be warned, right? If someone admonishes you, then he is kind of firm on you. He's telling you what to do. I, I, I admonish you to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and to seek your salvation only in him. We admonish you. But how are you admonished? How are you assured? By holy baptism. There is one sacrifice, Christ, is of real advantage to thee. 
And then the answer is beautiful. That means that Christ is appointed, appoints this external law of other for a reason. He was adding to that sign a promise. You see that promise there? In answer 69, a promise. A promise that I am assuredly washed by his blood and spirit from all the pollution of my soul, that is from all my sins, as I am washed externally. So assuredly washed as I am washed ex- externally. For, for, for the children, you have been playing in the backyard. It was a rainy day. But often all you were playing there. And your, your hands are muddy. And you come inside for dinner. And you, you know if you first have to open the tap and wash your hands. And you, that, that first water comes out and just in, in a few seconds your hands are clean. Even if you don't take soap. Water washes so much dirt. How certain are you that the water helps cleaning your hands? Of course, it's certain. Of course, you see it with your own eyes. Well, that is exactly the, the reason. As certainly as you see it in your own eyes, that the water is washing away the dirt of the body. So the blood of Christ cleanses from sin as certainly as. See, that is the point here. As certainly as washed by the blood and washed by the Spirit was by the blood that speaks of justification, right? Did you talk about that shortly? Short while ago? What justification is and forgiveness, right? Did you ask the young people how much of their sins can be forgiven or how much is forgiven in the child of the Lord? Not 90%, not 70%, not... Nay, 100%. Right? Justification means that the Lord is saving his people from their sins. Keep it in mind. The main reason why the Lord Jesus came is to save people from their sins. Not from their unhappiness, not from their dissatisfaction, not from their loneliness, not from their troubles in life, although the Lord is also willing to help there. He is not, has not come to work a miraculous faith, but a saving faith. Why was Jesus called Jesus? He will save his people from their sins. 
So holy baptism points to and admonishes and assures the people of God that as certainly the water washes the dirt from your hands, so the blood of Jesus cleanses from all your sins, and he cleanses all of them. Suppose having a baptism service again, within a few weeks you hope to have one again, and then you, 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 you sit in, in the pew, and you feel your sins, you, you feel way worse than only having your hands dirty. You feel my, my, my soul is so polluted. And then you see the water being sprinkled on the foreheads of those babies. And you, rem- you, you, you remember this, that as certainly that water washes off the dirt, so the blood of Christ cleanses from all sin. Suppose you're here. You're really here. It is not your baby. It is not your grandchild. You don't even know the family at well. But you hear something of the administration of baptism and the Holy Spirit applies it and there's something overwhelming that comes over your soul. Suppose that the blood of Jesus cleanses you from all sin. And you come home and someone's asking you, Mom, Dad, my father, how was the service? And you say, I was admonished and assured that as certainly as the water washes the mud, so the blood of Jesus does. I'm so at peace. I'm so glad. I'm so assured. I'm so humbled. See, that is the purpose of having baptism and having baptism in the congregation on a Sunday, not only for the family on the weekday. No, the whole congregation needs to see there. The whole congregation needs to be reminded of it. So therefore, the Lord has given justification. But the already reading also of the Holy Spirit, right? Washed by his blood and spirit. From all the pollution of my soul, lives from all my sins, as I was externally. So God's children are justified, also sanctified. That is why it says, and spirit. We try to explain it here. 
when God's people receive the forgiveness of their sins, that does not mean that they are all okay now. They have a new heart, right? They have a new insight. That's correct. They have the forgiveness of sins, yes. But there's still also that indwelling power of sin yet. That is not taken away yet. God's people that during their whole lifetime struggle with sin, more or less. And until the last breath, they fight, need to fight, because they are not perfect yet. That sanctification is not perfect. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of mankind, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor, nor extortioners, shall inherit the kingdom of God. If you live in a certain sin, be not deceived, you will not go to heaven. You will stand up. It's not going to happen. Be not deceived. Thus, such people will not inherit the kingdom of God. And such, I continue with 1 Corinthians 6, and such were some of you, but you are washed. But you are sanctified. But you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. So the baptism speaks of the blood of Jesus forgiving all sin and speaks of the washing of the Spirit from the power of sin. You know this text, right, from Romans 7. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. See, there is that fight against sin. So it is a certain washing. Let's go to the same thought. A thorough washing. Being washed with blood 
does not make much sense, does it? If you have a stain somewhere on your coat and you need to clean it up, they'll say, take blood. With blood, you don't clean anything. With blood, you make it worse. In fact, blood stains are hard to get out. So what does it mean to be cleansed, to be saved, to be washed with blood? We don't do that. We just baptize with water. We don't baptize with blood. But you know that in the Old Testament, many animals were sacrificed to God. And that much blood was shed. And that blood was sweet on the horns of the altar, for example. So blood in the Old Testament refers to what? When you say blood, you think of death, right? Or life. The life, the soul is in the blood, the Bible says. So blood points to the death of the Lord Jesus and his death is something that can wash away your sins. Only his death can. Only his sacrifice can. Because God wants sin to be paid for. Would you like to be cleansed? Would you like your sin to be removed? That you need to flee unto the Savior who has given his blood. Would you like to be cleansed? Can the Ethiopian change his skin? Or the leopard his spots? No. You cannot wash all those beautiful spots in the leopard way. Beautiful, beautiful animal, a panther. Beautiful. Yellow, white, brown, black. Special design. All those animals are different. Designed by the Lord. You can use all the chemicals of the world. You can't wash those patterns, those spots away. And maybe that is how you feel in church this morning. You know your stains. You know your spots. You know your shortcomings. You try to wash them away. You try to do something to be clean, to look better in the eyes of God. It's that you're doing. Your utmost to please God, to rub him a bit and use some good words here and do apply something else there trying to please God, trying to wash away your sins. But you cannot, because you are accustomed to do evil. Sin is so deep in the skin, in the soul, you cannot wash it away at all. But the blood of the Lord Jesus can. He can take care of it, so there's nothing left.
for those of us deal with nitre and take thee much soap, yet thine iniquity is marked before me, save the Lord God. So we cannot erase sins, not by emotions. You know, sometimes it feels so good to be emotionally church. When the minister is able to just touch your heart and just stir the path a little bit, so you can cry, so you feel warm. You feel not so indifferent anymore. You feel kind of, it's real. And you think, now I am, and I have something. I'm not so old and cold. And you think that it helps a little bit by taking away your sins. It doesn't. It is not without feelings. To the worst experiences. They may feel good, but they don't wash any sin away. So you have to come to the experiential conclusion that nothing avails, that nothing helps but the blood of the Savior and the Spirit of Christ. It is explained in Hebrews. I think, if I remember well, that in Hebrews the word blood occurs 25 times or so. But here is Hebrews 9. Neither by the blood of goats or calves, but by his own blood entered into the holy place once having obtained eternal redemption for us. So, the apostle writes in Hebrews 9 that the blood of goats and calves did not help. The Lord Jesus has given his own blood. The blood of the Son of Man. So, having obtained eternal redemption, for if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more? How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot, to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. So the Lord Jesus has given his own blood. He did not take the blood of a bull, a heifer, a goat. He gave his own blood. And so he's able to purge your conscience to your free conscience. What a blessing. But more the Lord does not only wash the guilt away, as we have seen in the first thought before, also the slavery, the addiction, the power, the pollution of sin. What do I mean? I mean, it can't be concrete. 
Think of a sin like watching pornography. Think of someone who has watched it hundreds of times. Hundreds, thousands of times. Just addicted to it. And maybe he or she denies it and lies about it. And all those sins and lies have accumulated over time. It's quite a mountain. And that entire mountain can be forgiven by the blood of Jesus. He can just take away all that guilt. Everything at the same time. The blood of Jesus Christ was cleansed from all sin. He purged the sin. But, wait a moment. Does it mean that the problem is over? Does it mean that there is no falling back into sin at all anymore? Do God's people suppose it is a child Lord that is, that is saving grace for the person? Is that person now able to withstand and to fight and to conquer that sin that is so powerful? Well, something has, has changed. Right? There's not that eagerness and that willingness to sin anymore. But there's yet a far into sin. And therefore, the Lord also gives him, gives his Holy Spirit to change, to work on that addiction. And maybe counseling helps or whatever. Fine. But it is the Holy Spirit we need. The Holy Spirit who can take away the desire for sin. Who can help us fighting it. So the Holy Spirit is also part of the cleaning process. Baptism doesn't only talk about forgiveness, 100%. The Holy Baptism also points to fighting the sin by the Holy Ghost. Let's read it. What is it to be washed with the blood and spirit? See that? Blood and spirit? It is to receive of God the remission of sins freely. Yes, it is free. You don't have to pay for it. For the sake of Christ's blood which he shed for us by sacrifice upon the cross. And also, see that? And also to be renewed. So forgiven, remission, and also to be renewed by the Holy Ghost. And sanctified, 
to be members of Christ. That so, in that way, we may more and more die unto sin, more and more die unto sin, and lead holy and unblameable lives. So, more and more. A little bit, and more, and more, and more. So, God's children do over time sin less. Although they may feel greater sinners, but they do less sin. And they're enemies of every sin. They don't leave alone any sin. That is the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit works in such a way that they begin to fight all sin. They can't tolerate any sin. And that is pointed to by holy baptism. Renewal. Sanctification. The Holy Ghost initiates a dying unto sin. Dying unto sin. A process of dying. When we um, kill an animal for meat to eat, we try to do that in a kind way, just not in the process. So right away, the head off. Right, right away, the electrical input in his brain. So that the animal needs to just die instantly. So the animal does not suffer, right? Shouldn't have to suffer. It's, it's an animal. But God created animal. So is the Lord also instantly killing the sin off his, his people? No, it is, it is a process. He, he slowly squeezes out their sins. He causes them to fight. He takes the whole life to die unto sin. More and more. That is God's will. More and more die unto sin. And lead a holy and unblameable lives. In that sense, God's children are perfect in, 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 in justification and perfect in a different sense in sanctification. Perfect in the sense that they fight against all sin. Seek creation. We need our sins and Pollution to be blotted out needs to be erased, needs to be taken away. And that happens when? When does the forgiveness of sin, when is the forgiveness of sin given? At, at, at what point? 
from eternity? Are God's people love from eternity? Yes. Are they saved from eternity? No. Are they forgiven from eternity? No. So at what point are they forgiven? When they experience forgiveness or before? Can it be before? Ephesians 2, verse 2. And you have seen quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, but in time past he walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of the air. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love and wealth, he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ. So when the Lord comes and quickens people, makes them alive, and from God's side, this forgiveness, even though they don't experience it that much yet. Baptism is a washing. It is spiritual washing. It is a full washing. May the Lord give us all the admonition and the assurance of it. It's also based on the Bible. It is scriptural. We have seen that someone can be saved from sin and guilt and pollution and power simply by the blood and the spirit of the Lord Jesus. Now, some may respond and say, how do you know that? It is just a story. It is just something that surfaced in someone's brains. Are you sure? Yes, I am. Because the Bible says so. That's the theme during the Reformation, right? The Bible says so. Sola Scriptura. So where has Christ promised us that he will assuredly wash us by his blood and spirit as he washed with the water of baptism? In the institution of baptism, in Matthew 28, that the Bible tells us that go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them. So it is a command. It is the Great Commission. It's called the Great Commission. What is a commission? Almost the same as a mission, right? Someone has been sent to another place with a mission, with a purpose, with a calling. And so there is in the Bible the Great Commission that the churches should evangelize and have mission work. And in mission work, teach, teach all nations. 
Go ye therefore to all the nations, go therefore and teach them and baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. So the Bible says so. Well, the Bible also speaks about installing pastors and elders. But also speaks about wedding services. Wedding services. Oh, that's right. But the Lord Jesus did not institute them. The Lord Jesus, of course, is okay with weddings. But he has instituted only two sacraments. Go in there for baptizing, and this do in remembrance of me. So, baptism and Lord's Supper. We have only two sacraments, not seven. Why? Lord Jesus explicitly said, Go ye therefore baptizing, and said explicitly, This do. Nothing else has the same weight as this. So the great commission, the great directive, the great assignment, the great order, the great warrant, the great church. Mission work is not a matter of freedom. Some like mission work more than others do. Some don't care for mission for mission work. Never donate anything to mission or hardly anything. They just are not so fond of them. They still have enough on our plate here at home. But that's not right. Mission work is mandatory. Go therefore. You have to do that. A church without mission is not a proper church. Something essentially is lacking. We need to do that. And not only in Bolivia, which is easy, also close by. I am always impressed with one Thessalonians 1. And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction, the joy of the Holy Ghost, so that ye were examples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place. Your faith to Godward is spread abroad so that we need not to speak anything. So Paul is saying, I don't have to come. I don't have to join you. You're doing it yourself already. I hear it in your area. People have heard about your faith. In every place, 
your faith through God's word is spread abroad so they need not to speak anything. I don't have to come. Seeing holy baptism is mandatory. And the Lord continues with saving a people from their sins. Now the last line of Ends 71 is left yet. Where the scripture is called baptism, the washing of regeneration, and the washing away of sins. See? So the Bible teaches that baptism points to the regeneration and the washing away of my sins. You see the footnotes 8 and 9. So you turn the page, you see them. Titus 3 verse 5, not by works of righteousness, which he has done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. And also Acts 22, we also have read it this morning. And now by Therese down, rise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Congregation, we need to understand that God's people's doubts are not right. They need to be admonished and assured. And all those need to be born to seek salvation in the Lord. And it is possible that all your sin, the whole mountain, it is possible to have it removed by the blood of the Lord Jesus and by the power of the Spirit. Before I let you go, one thought surfaces in my mind, and I have said with me before. I think it's powerful. It's one or the other. All your sins, all of them, all of them, have been forgiven you. Or absolutely nothing has been forgiven. You belong to the most blessed people. Forgiveness of sins. The work of the Holy Spirit cleansing them still at work. Or the other side. You miss that. You are in your sins. You love your sins. You are not going the right direction. And then the Lord finds you in such, in such a way. He finds you out of grace, with of grace. It won't be nice. Eternity will be long, and you will be for your own account. Seek him and live. Amen.